This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here. We've got Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams in studio as well. Got an awesome program for you today. If uh, you're looking to do some moving, there's a new app that can help you out with that. And we'll tell you all about it. Uh, and we'll also be uh, giving you uh, the lowdown on some of the cool things uh, I saw at the Mobile World Congress. We'll be uh, talking with our friend Tom Lee from IT World Canada. But uh, let's talk about some of the the app news this week, guys. Uh, This is something really disturbing. Suicide tips hidden in children's YouTube videos. Graham, what's going on? So essentially, there have been a few videos that have since been taken offline where people have basically in the middle of what's seemingly an innocuous video, uh, essentially come onto the screen and uh, given children who most likely will be watching this video tips on how to harm themselves. Um, YouTube is fighting a really tough battle right now. Um, they've had a number of advertisers pull um, their advertising campaigns, not just for videos like this, but also for videos that apparently uh, are catering to pedophiles. Um, we've seen a, a hoax this week as well. Uh, there's something called the Momo Challenge that's going around. This is actually an internet hoax, but it's it kind of cycles itself in and out every couple of months. If you've heard about the Momo thing, uh, essentially, again, it's you know about children being instructed on how to harm themselves. The long and the short of this is sort of two things. One, you absolutely need to be monitoring what it is that your kids are consuming on YouTube. We have standards in broadcast where broadcasters are controlled on what it is that you can put on television, and those are helpful. Um, YouTube has no such standards, and they have no overseeing body that basically controls what it is that people can see in these spaces. Unfortunately, what that means is some people are really taking advantage of these platforms to put out information that can be quite harmful. So one, let's keep an eye on what it is that our kids are watching, and two, um, let's have some conversations with our children, please. Uh, self-harm is a very, very serious thing. And if your kids are exposed to this stuff and they don't have your guidance, uh, you're not doing your job as a parent. So that's kind of where this story is aimed at. Um, you know, we, really, we do want to raise this, but I think the biggest thing here is raising the awareness that YouTube is not the kind, gentle place that cable television is. And that's saying something. So that's kind of where we're going with that. But, you know, that's some interesting stuff, Graham. You know, Christina, uh, you know, we talk about the standards that we have for uh, cable TV, uh, also radio, but how would they ever really enforce a standard uh, for sites like YouTube? They literally have millions and millions of videos uploaded uh, yearly. Like, how, how would they enforce something like that? Well, I think they'd have to use some machine learning to be uh, scanning those videos for content before they're going up. And then I think a secondary measure would be to actually have people watching them. Of course, that uh, slows down the whole process, but it is something that we're going to have to consider at some point if this continues to be an issue. Another news story here, uh, TikTok will pay... $5.7 $5.7 million over alleged uh, children's privacy law violations. Again, we have an- another issue. Uh, Graham, tell listeners what TikTok is for those who don't know. Uh, TikTok is essentially the uh, product of a Chinese company, and essentially it's a little bit like Vine. Do you remember Vine? 
Yeah, this everyone is... has blocked Vine out of their memories, Graham. <laughs> it's just you who remembers Vine. So this was a this was a content generation platform that focused on very short form video, and so TikTok has a website. Uh, it's music music.ly, so musically, um, and essentially these are short videos that. Um, they're really focused on their influencer community. So they threw a ton of money at influencers to try to get them onto TikTok. And we're seeing TikTok videos pop up uh, just about everywhere now. They're kind of, that, that content is being ripped off and it's sent, sent over to 9gag and Reddit and all these other sites. And so what we have here again is, uh, you know, user privacy not taking into account the age of the user and uh, obviously being in violation of a number of laws in a number of places. So they're going to pay some money because they're being a bad corporate citizen, which when it comes to startups, is anyone shocked? I'm not. Probably well, not. I think part of the issue here is that the internet is of a global nature. And so if you're, if you're going to have that, you have to sort of adhere to the standards globally, not just in your own country. We've seen Europe be particularly successful with this, with things like GDPR. And that's really where, you know, when we're looking at standing up for privacy, we do need to look to like-minded governments and nations who are standing up for privacy to sort of band together and say, no, we're not going to accept this. So kind of a nice thing to see that happening. Well, it's interesting. Uh, So the short-form video app and social network uh, is now going to be required Uh, to gain parental approval for users under 13 years of age, which they should have been doing. Uh, And they also have to comply with uh, all the federal laws down in the U.S. All the videos previously uploaded by people under the age of 13 will be removed. So going to be a a lot of uh, unhappy uh, kids (laughs) there that uh, have been using TikTok. And now they'll just lie about their age. (laughs) <laughs> essentially when they when they sign up for for an account so i don't know if that's going to help or not but uh, we'll see uh also in the news here guys uh facebook's promised clear history privacy tool to launch later this year following uh, a delay uh graham thoughts uh, this is great and i mean you know this is really again using legislation and essentially the the, the threat of consequences to get a uh, a company to be a better corporate citizen. Um, you know, Facebook is saying that this will harm their ability to target users with ads. And the rest of us are like, great. That's exactly <laughs> what we want. We want to be able to go in and say, all of this data that you're constantly leeching out of my life, I want you to forget. I want to, at the snap of my fingers, be unknown to Facebook again. So this is a tool that I am 100% going to use. And I think that everyone should use it too. Um, and it's obviously taken some time for them to come up with because they really want to maximize the amount of time that they have between now and essentially Armageddon for their advertisers, which is when all of us are going to turn around and go, nope, we're out. Well, it's interesting, uh, Christina, um, they're all up in arms on Facebook, apparently, because uh, if we're allowed to flush our history there, that'll be a hard time for them to serve us ads. But right now, we can do that with our web browsers. We can clear our cookies and our cache uh, and our history, and uh, we're done. That's never a problem with any of the web browsers. Well, Facebook is a very content-driven platform, and so I think that we will see um, that degrade the ability to target users um, and to tailor ads to them. 
That being said, though, that's not necessarily a bad thing for some of us. I think some of us um, find that some of the ads feel a little intrusive. Um, For me, one thing that really set me off once was uh, I was just (laughs) I was shopping on Amazon for um, for a gift. And then I get (laughs) it was a baby gift and I get all of these baby toys all over my Facebook now. (laughs) And this drove me crazy. I don't like, you know, I'm happy to to buy this gift for for a friend's baby, but to, uh, you know, then have my Facebook be littered with toys was really irritating. So something that I did want to point out is Facebook has just recently released new advertising guidelines on the type of copy that you can use. And this is an interesting one. They're asking advertisers to use less specific copywriting terms. So for example, let's say that you wanted to put up an ad. You've got a Christian dating site. You can say, find Christian singles in your area. What they don't want you to say is find other Christian singles in your area because it lets them, it lets you as a user know that they've identified who and what you are. Now they still know that data, but they don't want you knowing that they know. And I found that very, very interesting. I think the time for us to be able to flush our history can't come fast enough. We're talking about all the app news here on the app show. Uh, Graham, uh, if you've uh, got uh, an iPhone tip for us, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so my iPhone tip of the week, we're talking about spring cleaning, we're talking about forgetting things and flushing things. Uh, If you have uh, an iPhone and you've you've looked at it, there's just tons of apps there that you probably haven't used in a long time. Well, there's a really great way to see how long it's been since you've used them and delete them all in one go. So to do that, go to settings, go to general, and then tap on storage. Now it's going to take a little bit of time because it's actually looking at all of the data on your phone. I've got a 256 gigabyte iPhone 10, so there's a lot of stuff on there. But it will show you the largest apps on there, but right below it, it will tell you the last time that you used that app. Um, I would challenge you to go through and see all of the apps that you've brought over from a previous installation on another iPhone that are listed as never. Take those, tell them to hit the bricks, and uh, that's a great way to declutter your iPhone. When we come back from the break, still a lot more apps to talk about here, uh, including a cool new moving app to uh, help you move it. Perfect. I've got Tom Lee here with me from IT World Canada to talk about all these uh, new innovations that are coming down the pipe. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Oh, thank you for having me. So this show is... uh, Something new for me, it's my first one that I've been to. I've been to a lot of these uh, electronic shows. Uh, the big one would be the Consumer Electronics Show. This right. one was all about mobile. And I think the big story here, uh, before we get into uh, foldable phones and, and what have you, is 5G, mm-hmm. the next generation of uh, networking. Um, you know, we're probably familiar with 4G right now that our smartphones uh, use. But uh, explain to the listeners what 5G will bring. Ooh, 5G is actually a collection of technologies um, yeah, we're going to see 5G modems in uh, smartphones, and that's probably what's going to affect end users the most. Higher, band, higher bandwidth on your smartphones, you download things much, much quicker than you could in 4G. Um, you get more coverage, and then uh, you also get stronger signal, which improves your battery life as well. But 5G is really, really, really goes beyond that. Uh, with the more capable network, we're talking about 1 million simultaneous connections in a square kilometer per cell. So that enables things like um, vehicle to infrastructure communication. We're talking about IoT, um, smart sensors, smart home. Everything is connected to 5G. 
Yeah, so uh, self-driving cars, uh, remote surgery, smart cities. Yeah, right. There's so much stuff, and it's pretty uh, pretty exciting. Um, you know, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of these uh, smartphone manufacturers releasing 5G phones, but we're not quite there yet. I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, from what I've seen, I don't think we're going to see any major rollout for the next couple years, especially in Canada. That's right. So uh, the problem with Canada right now is spectrum auction. They haven't even decided who's going to get what spectrum yet. And after that, we still have the problem of infrastructure, installing antennas everywhere, pulling fiber cables. Um, it's uh, Antennas are also seeing a little bit of resistance from um, people who live in cities. I think the antennas look a little bit ugly. But, I mean, it's needed if you want better service. So they're going to have to balance that as well. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because we always complain how crappy our cell phone service is, you know, <laughs> you know if there's dropouts in that. Yeah. But to not have crappy service, you have to have antennas. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? And with 5G, there's going to be a lot more antennas as well. This is something called a small cell or a femtocell. So antennas are going to be more closely packed together, and this has more to do with um, the higher frequency bands because you can't travel as far. So, yeah, expect to see more antennas. Let's talk about some of the smartphones. Uh Big news over the past few weeks uh, would have to be the foldable phone category that right. uh, is all sorts of brand new. We saw Samsung with their uh, uh, Galaxy Fold, and now Huawei, uh, big announcement here at the show with their Mate X foldable phone. Um, you think this is going to be a big category? I mean, super pricey to begin with, right, With it, as with any new technology. Yeah, when Samsung first revealed the phone, it was like something like $1,900 in the United States. So I thought, oh, that's expensive. And then Huawei dropped a $3,500 Canadian bomb. That was so, so expensive. But um, it looks good. It looks really good. And the large display, when I saw it in person, it was it was really gorgeous. But I think we have to wait until price comes down and test whether or not the screen can actually withstand you know, numerous folds. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you talked about the price on the Huawei one. Uh, it was uh, more expensive. Like, I thought the Samsung one was expensive. Yeah. Huawei took that to another level. Do you think they're, uh, I mean, and they knew about the Samsung phone and the price. They could right. have come down on the price, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's because they feel confident, uh, you know, they've got a, a better spec phone? Uh, I think design-wise, definitely Huawei has the edge. I mean, it's the slimmest, um, slimmest, slimmest foldable phone there is. Without any further testing, I can't say anything about the quality, but I know Huawei also makes all of his own chips. But on the other end, Samsung does too with his Exynos chip, Exynos chip, and um, it. I think Samsung does have its own 5G modem as well. So I'm gonna have to test out whether or not 5G. Uh, sorry, um, the Huawei Mate X is actually worth a price premium over the Samsung. Uh, LG also announced, uh, I guess, a semi-foldable phone. Yeah, so LG isn't very um, isn't in a hurry to jump into the foldable phone market. So for Mobile World Congress 2019, they had a case that attaches onto its LG V50 smartphone, its new flagship phone, which is 5G enabled. Um, and the case has like a secondary display attached to it. And uh, yeah, the, the screen operates independently from the phone's main display. And yeah, it opens and closes. So I guess it's a foldable phone but uh this is not the final form for lg's vision for a foldable phone they're definitely developing something just as with uh oppo uh, another chinese cell phone maker and as well as zte 
another thing I saw with LG, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to try it out. Um, you know, everyone's obviously concerned about security for phones and biometrics is the big thing. You mm-hmm. know, we have our fingerprint scanners. There's the face recognition now. They had vein recognition. Did you see that? Oh, no. It's, uh, it was pretty amazing, Tom. Uh, you don't even have to put your fingerprint on anymore. The, I guess the, uh, uh, the phone, the screen recognizes the veins in your palm. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what? I know, I know. I'm like, why? Why do you want to go there? But uh, now you don't have to use your face or your finger. It's just your palm. That, that's funny because, oh, I don't know. I, I feel like that's more easy to spoof. That's easier to spoof than um, they say you can't. They say you can't spoof veins. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm. I don't, I, I'm not a. Either. I'm not an expert on that. But that's uh, actually really cool. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting uh, thing. Uh, so five G is obviously driving the industry uh, going uh, forward. Yeah. Uh, do you think consumers are willing to pay the the price bump on on phones that have five G enabled now? I personally speaking, there's no point right now. I mean, you're not going to get any full sort of. Uh, you're not going to get any substantial improvements in 5G this year at all. So I recommend holding out until at least next year or the year after even to um, to buy a 5G phone. I mean, 4G LTE works great as it is. So unless you have a specific need for that super high bandwidth, um, don't get it now. We're talking with Tom Lee, uh, our good friend from IT World Canada in Barcelona, Spain at the Mobile World Congress. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Oh, thank you. You are back with the App Show. Mike and Graham here in studio today. Still lots to talk about. We'll be doing a Facebook tip of the week. But before we get to all of that, one of my favorite segments. The Weekly App Hot 5. This week it's the Hot 5 VPN or Virtual Private Network Apps. And before we get into them, uh, Graham, just explain to the listeners out there what a VPN is and what it does for those that don't know. So a VPN is a virtual private network. And basically what this is, is a computer that you connect to that essentially masks the traffic that you are sending out into the world. So this is used for a lot of people if they need to make a secure connection back to their computer at home, uh, or if they need to make a secure, secure connection to their computer at work, or if, for example, you're traveling and uh, you want to be able to connect to a Canadian server. You can have a Canadian virtual private network so you can watch Canadian Netflix and listen to Canadian Spotify and all all that sort of good stuff. So it's a way of uh, securing your connection. It's a way of uh, making it look like you are in one place and not another. Uh, And it's it's a way of getting access to content uh, that may be in a different country. A lot of people use these as well to get uh, American Netflix. Yes, they do. Um, you can and again; these are these are great ways of getting secure connections into a place that you want them to be. So we're talking the Hot Five virtual private network apps uh, this week. Number five, Open VPN Connect is for Android and it's free. Yes, and free comes with a bit of a price because there is a bit of a learning curve with this. So your uh, individual settings for tuning your VPN network, in a lot of cases uh, with other VPNs where it's just a straight tunnel and you're, you're, you're basically it's set up in the app, you've got to do some more work with OpenVPN. Number four, we're talking about the Hot 5 VPN apps this week. Number four is TunnelBear VPN and Wi-Fi Proxy for Android and for iOS and again, free. Yeah, and I've used TunnelBear in the past, and they give you 500 megabytes of free browsing. Uh, it's actually quite good because you can use it on Mac, you can use it on Windows, and you can also use it on your mobile devices. So it's uh, it's kind of a great way, of, again, of keeping that, that connection secure, and you can start out with a free package. But 500 megabytes goes by pretty quick. You would not believe how quick. <laughs> and then you pay. Yep. Again, uh, number four, that was TunnelBear VPN and Wi-Fi proxy for Android and iOS. Number three on our Hot 5 this week, Keep Solid VPN Unlimited, again, for Android and iOS. 
But this one here comes at a price. It's $9.99 a month or $120 for lifetime. Now, I've done this in the past where I've actually paid for lifetime services for, for VPN, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, the challenge there is, and especially if you're using this for Netflix, Netflix kind of has a commitment where they have to stay one sort of step ahead of people trying to bounce around the world. But the nice thing about this one is they have 70 locations around the world where you can log into. So if you do need to have a secure connection to different places around the world, that $10 a month or that $120 for lifetime uh, should be fairly good. It's not really a whole lot of risk to go with that $120, though, because if you think you're going to have it for more than a year and keep solid has been around for a while uh, that may actually be a good investment well pc magazine uh, wrote uh gave it the the vpn of the year award in 2017 they get a thumbs up from me as well they get a thumbs up we're talking about the hot five virtual private network apps to keep you anonymous uh, on the internet uh, number two is nord vpn Again, uh, this is for Android and iOS, and it's $69 a year. This is actually my VPN of choice. I've been using Nord for quite a few years. Um, You can, if you're crafty, actually find some sales on these. So if you're not needing a VPN right now, keep an eye on NordVPN because $70 a year is a really good price. And the best thing about this is that you can use this across six different devices. So I've got my iPad, I've got my iPhone, I've got my MacBook, and I've got my iMac. Um, Apple household much, um, but all of those devices are actually connected through NordVPN when I do need to connect around the world. So it's uh, typically 70 bucks a year. You say it's sometimes on sale even cheaper. I got it for 29. Whoa, that's that's good. Keep your eyes open for a sale. And six devices at a time. That's correct. At the same time. Yeah. Well, that's good because most of us have computer, laptops, tablets, phones. Right. Number one uh, VPN app on the hot five VPN apps here on the app show is VPN by private internet access. This one here is uh, for Android and iOS and it's $39 uh, a year. Yeah. And uh, you know, Christina was actually saying that this is her VPN of choice. You can also use this on uh, your desktop and it is great because not only does it um, give you VPN access, but they've got a feature that they call mace and mace is kind of neat because it actually uses domain level and IP level blocking for things like ads and trackers and malware. So when it identifies that someone is tracking your, uh, you know, progress through the web or it identifies an ad that's out there, it can filter that stuff out, which is super helpful if you're doing mobile browsing uh, while you're roaming because it's going to cut down on the amount of traffic. I was reading a study the other day that says up to 50 to 70% of mobile traffic is actually ads when you're, when you're browsing. It's getting irritating, Graham. Uh, you know, I surf the web a lot uh, and the video ads that come up that just start playing and playing audio right away drive me crazy. This is one of the great features that I think Apple has rolled out really well in the new mobile Safari. And I think, uh, you know, mobile Firefox, the new uh, quantum mobile Firefox uh, has done. Google is getting there, uh, but they're doing a great job of one, not auto playing ads two, not downloading that data before it's needed. And three, when they do play, it doesn't play with volume until you tap on it. That is the perfect experience for mobile when it comes to video. That was the Hot 5 VPN apps uh, this week. Graham, we have a Facebook tip. We do have a Facebook tip this week. And our Facebook tip this week is great for group chats uh, when you want to set up a chat with friends. uh, And that is adding a nickname for people in your group chat. This can actually be kind of a fun little feature. So when you set up a group chat, you invite all of your people to it. Um, You can actually give this group a name. So you're going to tap on the list of names at the top 
and you can tap on that, hit edit, and now you can add a name for the group. If you want to, scroll down and tap on nicknames where you will see uh, the name of everyone there. Tap on the individual person that you want to add a nickname for. You can give them an emoji or an icon uh, and you can give them something that's a little bit fun. Uh, Be aware that they will see this. So this is something that's going to be public in the group. Uh, When you're done, tap back to group and tap back. And now you can actually chat with all of your friends uh, with a nickname in your Facebook Messenger group. You're listening to The App Show right now with Mike Agarbo, Graham Williams. We still have lots more to talk about on today's program. This is Mike and Graham. You're listening to The App Show. We will be back shortly after this. Well, uh, as you know, there's an app for everything. And yes, there's an app to help you move as well, keeping with our uh, spring cleaning theme. On the line, we've got uh, Tim Hordo. He's the guy behind Moveler. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, Tim uh, is out of uh, Ed- Edmonton, so a uh, great uh, Canadian app uh, developer. Uh, Tim, tell us what uh, Moveler is all about. What does it do? Uh, yeah, basically it connects um, it connects pickup truck drivers with uh, small moving jobs. So um, customers who are looking to maybe take a Kijiji or Craigslist or Facebook buy, sell, find home, um, move out of an apartment, stuff that will fit in one or two pickup trucks. Um, yeah, sort of trying to serve the the gap that exists between, you know, the hassle of renting a truck to do all this yourself and organizing some buddies uh, to come help you and then, you know, paying for a, for a moving company to do such small little jobs. So, I mean, this is anything from uh, moving uh, a few uh, items uh, to your new place. Uh, I mean, or even like Ikea, if you had to pick something up for uh, Ikea. Actually, yeah, exactly that. That's... Uh, that's sort of in line with how the idea came about, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, tell us about that. How did the idea come about? Uh, yeah, it was sort of, um, I guess, clue number one that led me to the idea was uh, my wife and I were at Costco uh, trying to get a mattress home and it uh, wouldn't fit in my car. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so that was sort of the first uh, inkling that, okay, we got you know, to figure something out here. I mean, how am I going to get a buddy with a truck down here in, in 20 minutes? They're all at work. So uh that sort of planted the seed and then and then i guess finished off when uh we were moving from an apartment to our our new house and uh sort of same scenario we we were getting quotes from moving companies in the four or five hundred dollar range and we really just had you know two pickup trucks worth of stuff at the time so uh we thought the pricing was a little much for what we needed and you know uh trying to get some buddies on board to help move and uh, they kept falling through. So I ended up having to spend half the day renting a truck and getting that home. And so, yeah, that was, that was sort of the, uh, the onset of the idea at its, at its completion there. So very, uh, very, uh, interesting. Um, so, uh, again, Tim, uh, you're the guy behind, uh, Moveler, uh, an app that helps you, uh, connect with people that have pickup trucks. I mean, what kind of pricing are we talking about? Uh, you know, how much can people save if they, they go through this app? That's a great question. Um, I mean, recently we've done some jobs. uh, We've helped people move things like uh, an example would be two dressers and a mirror and a rocking chair. uh, And I think there was a small couch in there and it was $65 for that move. 65 bucks. Really? (laughs) That's great. That's right. Yeah. And that was within about a, you know, five to six K point A to point B. Uh, delivery. So, um, yeah, I mean, really they can save quite a bit if, if, if it's the right kind of move. I mean, you wouldn't want to use us for, for moving, you know, an entire large U-Haul worth of stuff. 
Um, but we're really well positioned price wise for those for those smaller jobs as I uh, as I just described that one. Yeah. And so, uh, what kind of qualifications does someone have to have to uh, you know to be on uh, mover like Moveler if if I've got a pickup truck? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, so we like to do screening. Uh, it starts with just a basic questionnaire about you know do you have experience moving moving these sort of items like uh, delicate things like mirrors and uh, tricky things like large couches and um, once people sort of pass that initial set of screening. Uh, there's a background check involved, a criminal background check. Um, we also track, you know, proof of car insurance or uh, vehicle insurance and uh, um, registration, things like that. And then we do a phone screen to follow up before we allow them on the system just to sort of get a feel for who they are. And then from that point, it's uh, sort of a continuous monitoring process about customer feedback. And we're pretty active following up with customers to see how the mover performed and uh, really, they they continuously have to earn their spot in the system. And so, do they actually help you move uh, your couch, for example? Yes, yes. yes. So uh, you can select uh, a driver as as a service level, and a driver is also a mover. Um, uh, and then you can select a helper, which is just someone with a car that, or or not even maybe someone who takes transit and shows up to help. Um, and then you can select sort of any combo between those two uh, providers. And how's it been going so far? Uh, so far, so good. We're, we're actually very recently starting to build some, some pretty good momentum here uh, just with having recently launched uh, both in Vancouver and Edmonton. Um, so yeah, we're, we're starting to get a lot more, a lot of word of mouth inquiries. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're developing some relationships with uh, realtors in both cities as well. Um, yeah, so it's it's going pretty well, I'd say. We're talking with Tim Hordo. He is uh, the guy behind uh, an app called Moveler, a, a great uh, service that uh, helps you with small moves and deliveries. So everything from uh, apartment moves, store pickups, online buy and sell deliveries, uh, mini moves, uh, donation drop-offs, uh, or maybe you just need uh, a body to help you uh, move that couch. Uh, that app can help you get connected uh, with that. Uh, Tim, uh, what uh, platforms is it available for? Currently, Mike, it's just on iOS. Uh, yeah, so we're just we're just starting with the iOS, uh, and once we get a sort of sufficient user base, we're going to expand into Android. And uh, how much is the uh, the app to download? Oh, it's free. And so uh, you only get basically charged uh, if you make a move. And what kind of uh, percentage uh, do you guys take off off of that, or how does that work? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. We um, we split. Uh, we we collect the fee from the customer. Uh, the customer is is pre-authorized for for whatever booking they're going to make. Uh, upon completion of the booking, they'll be charged for that amount. Uh, plus, if they want to add a tip or or whatnot for the uh, mover or movers, and then uh, yeah, and then we keep twenty five percent from drivers, and we keep forty five percent as our cut from from helpers. Thanks again for joining us, Tim. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. That was Tim Hordo. You can download the Moveler app from the Apple App Store. Again, Moveler, and that's spelled M-O-O-V-L-E-R. Is that right, Tim? That's correct, yes. When we come back from the break, still more uh, apps to talk about here in the App Show, including our travel and game apps of the week. Stay tuned.
You are back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here with Grant Williams and Christina Stoyanova. Got a few more uh, minutes here to cover some of our uh, favorite apps. Uh, before we get to our travel and fitness app, Graham, the game app of the week. The game app of the week is actually one that's very near and dear to my heart. It's called Stardew Valley. And uh, if you've ever played one of the older games that was on PlayStation 2 or PlayStation Vita called Harvest Moon, uh, this is actually by the same guy who created the Harvest Moon games. And so the idea here is that you've inherited your grandfather's uh, farm plot in beautiful Stardew Valley. Uh, You've got some tools and a few coins, and you get to create the farm of your dreams. So you can live off the land, raise animals, go fishing, tend to crops. Uh, You can become part of the community. There's a a town where you can befriend over 30 residents. Uh, You can meet someone special and fall in love and explore vast, mysterious caves and do tons of cool things with your character. It's a really charming little game. hundreds of hours of gameplay in this uh, and it's actually coming out for android as well as being on ios on nintendo switch uh, playstation xbox one and on pcs but the android version is coming within the next few weeks and so that is why it is our game of the week sounds like farmville it's a little bit like that yeah it's fun i quite enjoyed it well let's get to our travel app of the week christina what do you got We have Get Your Guide. This is tours and tickets uh, on the go. So with this app, you simply need to um, type in the destination that you'd like to to travel to, and it will give you access to the most popular tours and tickets in that location. And this is available all around the world. You can actually book your tickets before your trip or book last minute um, and receive them right to your phone. And it's called Get Your Guides? Get Your Guide, yes. It's going to show you all of the best, the best things to see on your vacation. I love it. And uh, like you said, uh, you can get the tickets right in there as well. Uh, Graham, finally, we have our fitness app of the week. What's going down? So our fitness app of the week is actually a little bit about cleaning up what you eat. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jamie Oliver. And so this week's fitness app is Jamie Oliver's Recipes. Now, the free version offers uh, a new recipe every week on Monday. Uh, There is a paid subscription that gives you up to 15, as well as a huge access access to, to the library of recipes and tons of helpful video tutorials. So this is a really cool app. Uh, I'd stress, if you haven't tried it out, try the free version to start off with. Uh, but it's a great way to find uh, nutritious meals that are probably quite a bit cleaner uh, and healthier for you than some of the things that you may have been making. So big fan of this app, Jamie Oliver's Recipes. Well, that's all the time we have left here for the app show. Uh, We do have a podcast version available. Graham, where can they get it? Uh, You can find our podcast on the uh, Google Play Music Store. You can find it on the iTunes Store, and you can find it on Spotify. It's available for download. And as always, we would love to hear from you if you think the show is great. So give us a review. You can also find our sister show, Get Connected. And all of our episodes are up there with tons of great content. So give us a listen. That's all the time we have. Mike, Graham, and Christina signing off for App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.